It's Liz Donahue. Tonight is going to be a unique episode all about what mountain biking has taught me about building my personal brand and how you can build your own personal brand and market yourself in a way that will make you successful and live the life you want to live. And so today I'm going to be talking about how personal branding can be used to reach success in business, e-commerce, B2B, B2C, whatever you're, you're working in. And this is mainly driven towards entrepreneurs because it is hella tough to make it in that space and you have to build the right team, you have to have the right mindset, all of that. So I want to help inspire others by sharing some real life stories about my journey and my experiences. My experiences as an entrepreneur and how I've helped other entrepreneurs that are very successful do what they do in building their personal brand. I want to provide some actionable insights and tips and strategies, real things that you can use and walk away from today to pick the right products you want to sell and and services and the niches that they belong in and help you figure out what your unique unique selling points are about yourself and how to help you build a way that will enable you to tell your own story in an effective way how to craft your own stories and tell them to the public and um I really understand what it, what it means to build your personal brand and present it to the world. So it can be pretty scary. So we're going to dive into some mountain biking principles that I've used in business for many years. I'd say going back at least 15 years when I started realizing there were these powerful connections between mountain biking principles, like not being afraid to go up that effing hill as hard as you can. I felt a sense of accomplishment by getting up that hill and going to work the next day in a corporate environment, realizing if I just climbed up that hill, delivering this project is going to be easy, right? Compared to what I just did this weekend or, um, you know, at, at the mountain bike park, um, pedaling my butt off. And I realized all the strategies started to align and come together. And I started figuring out, um, how, mountain biking mirrored business and 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 personal growth strategies and so it's some it's a topic I've been passionate about for many years so anyway we'll go into um how um how to tell your own story you don't have to be a mountain biker but it certainly helps loving and having passion for what you are working in and and what you're selling because if you don't believe it, you don't love it, you don't want to buy it, how can you possibly convince others to convert to buy what you don't even love? So you've got to have some passion around it, some knowledge, and some skills around selling something that you really love. So um, just a bit of background again on me, if you haven't listened to my podcast before, never heard of me, (laughs) welcome. I've been a mountain biker for 20 plus years. I'd say 20, it's been 25 years. I started when I was 23. So it's been a while. Um, It's been a minute. (laughs) 
Um, I have grown to use it as a way to strengthen my mindset and my body and my routines and all of that to help coach others and businesses grow. And so that sense of strength um, and being able to get on my mountain bike and go do a race or, or an event with my team and all of that has built up a tremendous amount of resilience and determination um, because you are constantly trying to reach a new level and trying to get to that top level and sustain it and find ways to optimize it and it's the same in business so um, as a growth and performance um, uh, professional I'd I'd say or um, I just am passionate about it person um I love to offer strategies to help others get through the tough, tough growth stages of a new business. It's like a new baby. It's going to be crying all night. It's going to be fussy. It's going to need to get fed the right things. It's going to need to be socialized. All of that. It's like, get it, get it going past the difficult, difficult stage of maybe, you know, 1 million, 5 million a year, get it past that point and have it happily flying in the 10, 15, 20, 30, 40 million dollar a year range without breaking the team, without too much turmoil and turnover. We'll talk about partnership. So I'm really passionate about what I do and just love sharing it with the world. And um, I've been lucky enough now to take my passion and purpose uh, or passion and turn it into purpose around helping others grow. So and I'm going to keep on growing and probably until I die, until I can't do this podcast anymore and, and no one wants to listen to me in my older voice. So today we're going to go into of the importance of, of what branding is um, and what is personal branding and why is it necessary. And, um, and first of all, we, we have to step back and think about, you know, learning from others. And because, you know, we are human, we are susceptible to fears and frustrations. So just learning and listening to others will kind of help us model a better way faster and not have to reinvent the wheel and figure, figure it all out ourselves. So it's good to listen to people and learn from learn from people on podcasts and books and YouTube videos and and um, classes, all of that programs, so that you can enrich your mindset and grow um, financially and personally as well at the same time. So, um, also, I've learned that my background and experience in digital marketing coming from a place where I thought that I would would be teaching, getting a master's degree in teaching sociology, but not realizing that I, I had an opportunity to apply the sociology and, and the, the norms, values, beliefs, and systems and institutions that we learn in the discipline of sociology and how to help companies grow and how to present themselves to the world and the behaviors that go on within companies, all of that, I realized that I didn't want to be limited to any discipline. I wanted to be multidisciplined, and I, and I combined sociology, 
marketing and technology together and uh, been working for tech companies for the past 20 years on building their brands and getting them started and um, well past the growth stage. So let's keep going. So um, one of the focuses I really love to to emphasize is that with with any type of promotion or branding or marketing, I take an inbound approach. I was trained in HubSpot, and um, I follow the know you, like you, trust you rule. Know, like, trust. And what that means is you have to get enough of the right people to know who you are. So you have to own your name. Whatever company name you have, make sure that it it's something that you can that people can easily remember and easily repeat. Otherwise, they'll have a really hard time knowing you because they're like, okay, what was the name of that company? What was the name of that brand? Statistically, um, that's why commercials have to be aired like seven times at least for people to remember the name of a brand of a company. So I always say, own your freaking name. Um, It took me a while, but I realized I was making it about 10 years ago when I was coming up first for Liz Donahue, and by the way, that's my married name, my ex-husband's name, my real last name is Clausen, but I kept the name because I realized I'm not giving all that work away. Like I tried really hard to index all these pages on Google and images and articles I've written and um, events that I've led for companies, and I've realized I don't want to give that Liz Donahue um, SEO traction away. Um, no pun intended with the name of this podcast traction. Anyway, let's keep going, um, down the path. And so with know you, know, like trust. So once you get enough people, how much is enough? How do you know how much is enough? Well, I figure with some of the clients that I have, the YouTubers and influencers that I have worked with, I've calculated out what they're making and what they're doing and, um, matched it up with the kind of old world digital, um, like traditional digital with this new influencer marketing, which is not new, by the way. It's been going on um, probably back to the 1930s or even before that. Um, in the 1700s, I think that Wedgwood hired um, was hired to do a royal collection of of um of dinnerware and and you'd call that person I forget who that was now have to look at that but that person was kind of like the first coined influencer a paid influencer of the of the brand so anyway we have to get enough people to to get this irresistible rich content that we're creating it might be a, a mountain biking video it might be um, uh, it might be a video for a water bottle, a new type of water bottle or a landing page. Well, whatever content on the four digital channels, it's web, it's social, it's, it's organic and paid ads um, across all those different channels and, and then the different social media platforms. How much is enough? Well, I figured around minimum of, of what Google would say, a minimum of a beginner level, one to 2% conversion on views. So let's say you have 500,000, you're lucky enough to have 500,000. Um, 
uh, YouTube subscribers that might have taken you like five to ten years to build up. If you know, if it's a slow and steady pace, real slow. For others, that might only take a, like maybe three or four, three to five years. It might be less, but let's just say they took those three to five years. They've built up their followers on YouTube to five hundred thousand. Convert five hundred thousand um, by one to two percent, and you get your impression to click ratio. Let's say you have five hundred thousand subscribers, right? But that doesn't, that's organically, that doesn't mean I'm not talking about paid views on that. Paid views are going to be way more. Um, you may only have maybe 8,000 views at the most on organic, right? Which is pretty good for not paying. And organically, you're more likely to convert um, you're at a rate of 70% conversion on organic than you are on 30% conversion on paid. So it's better to have organic be an authoritative uh, a leader, an authentic expert leader, uh, someone that's irresistible in your niche, in your area, and then you're going to have a higher conversion rate. But let's say your conversion rate is really, really low. Let's say you're selling that water bottle, and I'm thinking of one that I actually saw on the new Kardashians episode because I love watching them. It's a glass water bottle that holds real ice it's and it's got a nice bamboo top so it's classy and it's got it's got the glass lid if anybody has one of those and wants to sell it to me I will buy it (laughs) so let's say you have 500,000 subscribers and you just pushed out a video and you push it out on email you push pushed out your video on YouTube and there's a there's a pop-up and and all your subscribers are are looking at it and they're viewing it. Well, let's just say how much are we actually going to make on that let's say $20 product. So, we take 500,000 times let's say minimum of 1% times 0.01 and that's 5,000. Okay? So, let's say only of the 500,000 You've only had 5,000 people, which is really low, the minimum, view your video on this wonderful ice uh, or a glass water bottle, eco-friendly water bottle. Um, so, and the water bottle better have a good name for it. Let's call it Icy. <laughs> Something easy to remember, easy to repeat. Um, so this Icy $20 water bottle, um, glass water bottle... Um, is going to be viewed by 5,000 people. Well, how many, how many sales, what's the revenue on that, right? Well, we take, let's take, let's take a minimum of 5% e-commerce conversion, just 5% of all of the people who clicked on or, or viewed it actually click on it, right? So they, they, they view it, they click on your link over to the water bottle page, the landing page on your Shopify, let's say, or your website. And they're taken to this description page, um, PDP product detail page, and they're getting a description and then they can add it to their cart. Let's say 5,000 people did that times 0.05%, which is pretty, pretty good. Like it's intermediate level, like you've been really fine tuning and optimizing for a while better than 1%, right? So five times better than, so let's say that. So then you got 250 people of the 500,000. You say like, Liz, that's really low. 
Well, that's the reality of it. But think about it. You didn't pay for those ads. So your profitability is going to be higher. You don't have to take away the cost of advertising. acquisition cost from advertising, um, your, um, your cost, your CPA's cost per acquisition is pretty low, right? And maybe, you know, you factor in some costs for, for producing the videos and, um, all of that in there, but you didn't pay for ads on top of that. So it's pretty organic and it's higher converting. So 250 times our $20 water bottle is $5,000. So imagine that. Wow, that's amazing. Um, $5,000, let's say in, a, what if you did it in a day? Why not? Don't put limits on it, right? So you, knew, you, you know your product well, you know yourself well, and you, you give it a strong brand. You name it something that people can easily spell, remember, repeat, you serve it up to enough of the uh, enough of the right audience. You they enough of the people know you, so five hundred thousand people total in the population, and and there were five thousand people who actually saw it and decided to convert. They, they we converted them to a click, and then from that five thousand, we converted the um, five thousand clicks um, at a minimum rate of five percent, which I think um, depending on um, the type of product you have a good e-commerce, you know, percentage might go up to like, you might convert up. I've seen it up to 80%, honestly, on, um, one of the influencers I was working with a couple months ago, helping his brand, um, 80% on Shopify. So it's possible, really possible. So let's just say that, let's say 5,000. Well, don't put limits on the money you think you can make because if you have that in mind, careful what you wish for, it's going to come true. I did this for years and years and years and years thinking, oh, I only can make 100000 I'm stuck, stuck, stuck for years at 100000 Well, that's around, what, 7000 a month? 7000 times 12, it's around... Um, uh, am I doing this wrong? Yeah, actually it needs to be higher. <laughs> See? So I, I would, it's higher than 7,000. It's 8,300 to make 100,000. Well, guess how much it is to make a million? 83,000 a month. 83,000. So don't be afraid to make a lot of money. The first thing I felt when I <laughs> when I said 83,000 a month, 83,000 a month, how much is that a day? $83,000 a month, what is that like 3,000 a day? Divided by 83,000 divided by 30. Yeah, let's call it 27666. That's a horrible number. Let's call it 3,000. So if you had a product, let's go back to that icy or let's call it glassy. I like glassy better because it's kind of classy and glass. Um, so that's good branding. Um, I might come up with my own product tonight (laughs) and start selling it, um, on my own Shopify. Um, so let's say glassy did 3000 a day. That's a million a year. That's amazing. 
And I heard statistically in the U.S. alone, there's 1,700 1700 new millionaires a day. That's crazy. Well, you can see by doing the math how that might happen. And going back to these mountain biking principles, don't be afraid to make money. Don't be afraid to ride is the first principle. Second, get the gear you need. Get the tools, website, equipment, photographer, um, you know, your podcast platform, all the, the, the things that are not attached to you and your brain that are going to augment your brain, augment your brand, get the gear you need. And the, the, biggest, the biggest and most difficult, difficult part, I think, of scaling and growing is leading in front. If you, do, if you don't have a brand that anyone can spell or remember or it never gets found on Google, how could you lead the market? It's a secret. It's private. It's not public. Brand, a brand is a public entity. It's, it's there for the public to consume. It's on a public shelf on the market. So you have to think of names and I know they're, they're, they're unlimited, they're unlimited, they're limitless. The language is unlimited. Um, so you have to, you have to remember, um, to lead in front, um, with your brand and be the authoritative leader on that topic, be talking about it, telling stories. And there's where we get to telling stories. If you don't get enough people to know you and then the second part is to like you third is to trust you they have to like the story you're telling about that product that it's genuine it makes them feel happy and good about buying the product they believe in their aligned and culture and values and there's where you you get enough of the right people you can't market to the wrong people sometimes you might be surprised but you may have one or two you know about one to two, if you're a smaller company, smaller limited products, um, just depends on the product. One to two buyer personas, if you're a bigger company and lots of different customers or lots of different brands, wider open market, you may have 10 to 20 buyer personas. So we'll want to map that out. I'll work with you if you want to learn how to do that, help map it out. So going back to that, you don't want to serve up this irresistible rich content that you know to someone who's not interested at all in health and fitness or drinking water or being eco-friendly and you're you're, no matter what you do to try to convince them the conversion is not there so you have to know your product and know yourself and also know your buyer and don't be limited to just speculation. You should use third-party tools and interviews and collect the data in a qualitative and quantitative way all the time to be re-educating as your company grows and changing along with it because you'll be surprised. I love to be wrong. I love to be surprised and learn. So moving on to like. Tell the story that someone would like to hear about that product and don't be afraid to put yourself out there in a professional way but tell your your um your hero story your genesis story of how you started this company and people want to believe in something they need they need it it's just like 
um, education and these other social institutions and uh, religion and and mindfulness and all of that it helps the, the human soul understand and process process it all so if there's meaning attached to the product that's what the story is about people want to turn around and tell the story to others that's all it goes back to that mantra of I like to follow the remember and repeat method with marketing because if people can't remember they're not going to tell their repeat it to others or themselves they can't remember and they're not going to go type it in and go find the product later or want to tell people about it so um tell a story in this way this is the second part of this it's opening up the story with what it is that's important about this story i started a water bottle company that was unique and different because I found a certain problem and then you go into the problem. So if you don't scare people with a problem and drive a sense of urgency, they're not going to be compelled to buy it. I'm not, I'm not saying you have to scare them directly or, or be frightening or whatever, but it just causes a sense of emotional uh, reaction in them and then they're going to be more likely to take action reaction and action so get them in, get inside their head get inside their feelings the feelings turned in turn into thoughts and thoughts turn into action um that's just a, a it's a it's a natural process when people are are uh, interacting with media and products and consuming and it really goes down to this going back to that problem what need what issue are we solving what we may be helping the environment. Maybe there's X number of fish dying and or turtles not being saved or um, or, what, or the, the volume of, of oceans being destroyed by the um, amount of trash being thrown into the ocean or the waste that's being caused by disposable um, plastic water bottles and all of that. And so just threat, you know, kind of bring up the threat of, of what would happen if you didn't buy this water bottle and make people feel like they're doing something good. Next, well, now they feel good, right? You're telling them why. Well, you have to tell them how, right? But you have to, you have to tell them how to get this product. But they need to know that if they buy this product, that you're going to... that that you're going to be trusted with their money. So that's why you have to make sure that the, the the disclaimers and all of that are there and that they feel really good throughout the whole sales life cycle. So when they check out, it looks like a secure website. It's using all the proper security measures and, and checkout features, SSL certificates, and um, it, it looks really legit. And you know, you're using your e-commerce platform and your checkout pages and all of that. It looks legit and all the disclaimers are there. Um, and so you, you have to build a sense of, of professionalism and trust with your product. And, you know, most of this is already built in, but it is in the language that you you use. And so if you don't have a good website that to do this, then hire a designer and get, you know, work around landing pages. I've had to do this with other companies where it's not quite a U.S. company. They're trying to enter the U.S. market. I was leading the whole U.S. market on this. I'm like, hey, guys, we need to build a workaround. This is not going to work. This may work for British 
um, you know, English and in Europeans, but will not work in the U.S. market. So I really got them to flip fast and create more something more uh, relevant and important to the buyer persona and get them to trust it. So trust the product. And so, you know, money back guarantees and guarantees and disclaimers and things like that that you'll need on, on the wet e-commerce site are extremely important. And just, I follow this rule all the time. When I scan a page, right, and looking at it from a marketing lens and, and like a growth perspective, if I see like the copywritten, like, copywritten year hasn't been updated in a few years well either they're really doing great and successful but by the way it's a red flag that nobody's paying attention so I'm not going to trust it as much so all those little details like if they're not using the correct English and they're making a lot of mistakes and they're using the wrong you know dollar signs or they're using the wrong money notations I'm not going to trust it as much so all these things matter it's visual, it's the conversion and visual seduction and of the sale, making sure that you're speaking their language and you're, you're, you're selling something you can, they can definitely trust. And so going back to the like you, um, on a team that I'm on, on this mountain biking team, right? And any team, I realize you have to be someone you know, a, a company, a, a brand, a person that someone likes enough and wants to wants to give their money to. One, in other words, wants to wants to see them go through the finish line and win that race. If you're not a kind, genuine, trustworthy person, going back to the trust, the trust rule number three, no one's gonna want to buy from you. They're gonna. If, if they Google you and your brand is suspicious or you've been bashed by, you know, journalists and, and, and review sites and you don't have a good trust pilot score, you have bad Google reviews, get on that. You need to fix it. That's a conversion issue. And it doesn't matter how well the website's written and all of that stuff. The third party reviews are in some cases, even more important. So, um, cause they're going to be doing some diligence on you. And so the more you can fine tune and optimize that for conversion, the better off you'll be. Lastly, make sure that you're delighting your customer throughout the sales, the sales cycle. And, and it's just like dating, like, you know, you, you, you take someone on a date, you got to dinner and and sending that thank you note after is like sending that email thank you for your purchase some give them something personal that's specific to that type of buyer persona that you know that they specifically care about and you probably gather that information from a form on the website so you really know your audience they feel like it's a personal touch it's a personalized experience and and they don't think it's chat gpt wrote it or anything they think that you did it and you want to make sure that you're personalizing your brand that way so and then you have a sale and the next thing you know you have three thousand three thousand a day and maybe you become one of those statistics of of being a millionaire (laughs) for the first time um that would be amazing that would be amazing so I hope this is helpful. Um, I know that it's something that I've been passionate about for years and years. And um, I take 
all the lessons I'm learning and working with people and companies and individuals and I feed it into my mountain biking and performance that way and try to learn and grow every day. I make mistakes. I I I come to quick conclusions. I'm super corrective and that's the way you got to be. You got to you you will crash, you will fail, you will fall sometimes. It may be because you're going a lot faster down the path than you're used to because you're picking up acceleration in sales and you're not able to see the the challenges and obstacles as quickly when you're moving fast. So slow down until you're ready to go faster or gain the skills to be able to anticipate the challenges and deal with them very quickly and make decisions. Business is all about decisions and growth is all about making the right decisions. So don't be afraid to fail or fall. It's a great opportunity to break things down and build things up and and um, grow new processes that'll make you more and more successful every day. So thank you for listening and um, reach out to me with questions. Um, I love helping people and companies grow and optimize themselves to, you know, five to to 10 ROAS or, you know, reduce their cost of acquisition and, and reduce the stress and, and really balance the whole, the whole company, um, in a way that optimizes everyone for growth, not just sales and marketing, but from the leadership team, you know, all the way to customer service and back. So, and all the individuals who are working, you know, as hard working human beings, to stay healthy, balanced, and happy while doing all of this. It's a really important part is making sure the whole ecosystem is happy and growing in the right way. So thank you for listening. I'll talk to you soon.